Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. All right. Hello again. Welcome everybody back to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And for the second week in a row, we have my new friend Martin Brooks with us. And I'm not going to tell you all about him. You can go back and listen to the introduction last week and you can uh, check him out in, in his organization, Peace Catalyst International at peacecatalyst.org. I just want to jump right into something that we kind of were finishing with last week. Martin mentioned a book from back in the 50s uh, by an author that I'm not familiar with, Gordon all part, which uh, sounds very relevant today with the divisiveness and the exclusion, inclusion, separating and things like that. Martin, tell us about that book by Gordon Alpart and uh, bring it into today's situation with what you see going on. Well, I noticed when I was speaking in front of churches sometimes that you'd have the person sitting in the back of the room with their arms crossed and, you know, I'm projecting what they're thinking, but it's like, you know, Martin, you're naive. You don't know they're out to get us, speaking about Muslims. And there's this group dynamic going on uh, where a a psychological component, and I have actually found that sometimes when you're speaking to a group, it doesn't work to start with the Bible. You need to start with, well, you probably remember from uh, college days or some of your reading, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and he talked about how you have to deal with the the physical needs and the social needs that people have. And and these are fears that people have before you can talk about what he called self-actualization. And, you know, we would call it pursuing an ideal, a a religious ideal, pursuing Jesus in Christian language. Mm -hmm. If people are really worried about going hungry, then they will perhaps steal to get food because that's more important than the ideal of you shouldn't steal. You know, they they value staying alive more. Hmm. That was Maslow. But that got me interested in the psychological components, the sociological components. Why are we so afraid of Muslims that we can't even hear that there are good Muslims, that most Muslims are good? And our political situation, it's gotten so intertwined that to say good things about Muslims gets you labeled, well, just, you know, pick a label. But Gordon Allport was writing about these things back in the 50s. He was a Harvard professor, pretty famous psychologist. And in his book, The Nature of Prejudice, it's been reprinted several times, but he talks about scapegoating, how we need somebody to blame for whatever's going wrong in society. Indians, it's been the black people, it's been the communists, it's been the Japanese. You know, somebody's the problem. It's not us. We don't have a problem, but somebody's the problem. So Gordon Allport talked about scapegoating. He talked about the dangerous 
labeling people. You know, you, you call them a name, a, de, a divisive, derisive name, and all of a sudden they're less than human. And we see countries that are going to war start talking about the other as subhuman. And if you listen closely to the news today, you will hear people saying derogatory things about the other, the other people, people who were created in the image of God, and yet somehow we have this psychological need to devalue them. You know, he talked about power dynamics, the in-group and the out-group. We're always the in-group, and somebody else is always the out-group, and we're always a little bit better than the other because we understand and they don't. You know, but when I look at Jesus, in, in Peace Catalyst, we talk about following Jesus and waging peace. Remember when his disciples in the boat, I think it's Mark 4, you know, and they're going across, it's nighttime. They're going across the sea, big storms brewing, coming up. And Jesus is asleep on the cushion in the back of the boat. You know, the waves coming over the edge of the boat. And they're going to the region of the Gerasenes. Now, Mark 5, you know, you have this demoniac guy that shows up. We are legion, you know, the demon-possessed guy. But Jesus is intentionally taking them through. It was a physical storm, but there's, there's also this psychological piece to it. Through the dark, to the unknown, the uncomfortable. And he's going to encounter this demoniac, the Gentile pig farmers there. And Jesus is taking them out of their comfort zone. He did it when he took them to the Samaritan village. You know, what must the disciples have thought when he said, you know, we're going to stay here in the Samaritan village for a few days. You know, I, I suspect that they just wanted to get out of there. So uh, Jesus, again and again, I can do this all day, talking about how Jesus broke down uh, between the other, uh, leveled the playing field, the power dynamics. Well, going on in, in Mark 5, you have Jarius showing up to Jesus saying, my little girl's sick. Sorry, I, I tear up when I think about this. You know, my little girl's sick, come heal her. And Jesus starts through the crowd, and a woman who isn't even named, who doesn't have the power, she doesn't feel like she has the right to come to Jesus and ask anything of him. Mm-hmm. She sneaks up to him in the crowd, says, if I can just touch him of his garment. Mm. And Jesus turns, and you had the religious leader who felt privileged enough to come to Jesus and make this bold request. But when Jesus, when this woman without power comes, Jesus stops the whole sh- Jairus's daughter is going to die. Or I believe that. But he stops the whole show and says, who touched me? He finds the woman And he elevates her by saying, you have great faith. Your faith has healed you. Well, Jarius' friends show up at that point in time, and they say, don't bother the teacher anymore. You know, your your little girl's dead. And Jesus turns to him and says, have faith. And he's, he's elevating this woman, this woman with no name, and saying, have faith like this woman. So Jesus level the playing field, not only dealing with the the privileged, but dealing with the no-named woman who was bleeding, 
who made Jesus ceremonially unclean by touching him while she had this issue of blood going on. Jesus didn't rebuke her. He loved her. But he also didn't reject Jarius. He went on and, and helped Jarius too. He is inclusive of everybody, the, the powerful, those who feel privileged, and those who feel like nothing. You know, Sermon on the Mount, our sermon just this last week, the pastor was talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, blessed are those who, who don't have their spiritual gain together mm. for yours. Is, is that the passage where it says yours is, is the kingdom of heaven? Like you, you don't have to have it all together yeah. to come to Jesus. Our Muslim friends don't have to have it all together. Uh, we don't have to have it all together. I'm so grateful that I'm not the same today as I was 20 years ago. Mm. I didn't have it all together then, and I don't now. You know, I'm saying <laughs> yeah, now, either. But, but it's a more inclusive, loving place that I am now. And part of that has happened because of friendships with the other, the out group. Um, my Muslim friends have, have changed me for the better. I'm sorry, I, that was too long. I, no, I wasn't. No, I, I was, ram, rambled on on you. It was perfect, and I, you know, and I just kept thinking of Jesus the whole time you were saying that because Jesus' big criticism from the religious people, other than claiming to be God, was that he was friends <laughs> with the people that they considered not worthy of being friends. You know, the prostitutes and the drunks and the tax the collectors and. Uh, I can't prove this, but it would seem to me that Samaritans at the time could could be an equivalent to Muslims today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, any other group. And, and as you said, boy, he intentionally, uh, he didn't have to go through Samaria to get where he was going. Jews would go around, take the line, right. but he intentionally went there. And I got some great insight from Brian Simmons, who translated the Passion Translation. And, and I talked about it on a podcast a few weeks ago. The woman at the well had a name. Her name was Phoenicia, P-H-O-N-I-C-I-A, something like that. And when you go back into church history, which we now have uh, much more available than we ever had before because of we've had more time to uncover uh, different articles and stuff and from uh, libraries that we didn't have access to before and the Internet and stuff like that. Now, but this lady, she was, you, you may be aware of this, but she was the disciples themselves. They included her as an apostle. She was mm. included in what we call the inner circle of Peter, James, and John. It was not three. It was four. She was the fourth one. She had a tremendous ministry, far-reaching ministry that reached not only her town in Samaria, but a whole bunch of other towns and all kinds of other places, whole towns coming to the Lord. She did miracles. She was recognized as an apostle. Now, we understand now that the church didn't want to give her credit for that, so she's basically been written out of. That's interesting. But Jesus went to people like that, a woman who had five husbands, was, was shacked up with a guy who had to go to the well in the middle of the day because she didn't want to be raided by the uh, upstanding church women of the town. I mean, you know, he picked her. He included, talk about inclusion. He included her. And as a result, not only her, we know from Scripture, her old city came to know the Lord. It was the first place where people 
started to realize that Jesus was, in their words, indeed the Savior of the entire world, not just the the Jews, but uh, the Samaritans too. And then the impact that she made, I mean, that's the kind of people that Jesus went to, that he made friends with, that he included. And unfortunately, to this day, in many of our religious settings, we don't even want to talk about that. We don't even want to give it a name, give her a name. We don't want to talk about the denomination down the street, much less the Muslim on the other side of the world. But that's changing. It's changing. And I can I can focus on the negative with the best of them. I just, I don't want to. <laughs> what I want to do and what we're doing today right. and what you're doing with your ministry is we're focusing on the positive aspect of moving towards Jesus, Jesus' inclusion and right. unconditional love and grace for all people. Building friendships, uh, one of the foundational things of the Christian religion is the Trinity, which most of us don't have any concept anymore. But the Trinity, which has always existed before creation, was a relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in perfect relationship. That you know, that's what holiness is. God was holy before there were any people to disparage what real uh, holiness is. It's all based on relationship. God didn't have to. Uh, he was perfectly content and perfectly happy without us. He didn't have to create people, but he chose to. He couldn't improve on what he had, but he chose to expand it by creating us so we could be in his family, so he would have many more to include and to share his love with so we could love each other and that's happening it's happening in little pockets of people all over the world fortunately because of the internet we're able to see more of how that's happening because of of your organization peace catalyst international we're able to see it in action more to hear more about it and to uh, be encouraged by the people literally doing what Jesus did and making friends, including people, showing people how good God is, not trying to get them to pray a prayer, sign a pledge card or agree to a statement of faith. And it just so excites me to see that happening. And I know it must you too, or you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Right. You know, I think of God wanting to be in relationship with everyone. First, my mind goes to Jesus clearing the temple courts, the courts of women and the courts of the Gentiles and saying, you know, that the religious structure, the power structure had set up barriers to people coming to God. And Jesus clears out those barriers and, and says, my father's house will be a house of prayer for all nations. You know, you think about Jesus or the Christ spirit, the Holy Spirit side of the biblical narrative or the Jewish Christian story narrative of Scripture. You know, Melchizedek shows up from some unknown place in the Old Testament. The wise men are looking at stars in Persia, you know, astrologers, uh, Zoroastrians maybe. But Jesus is so important that God intervenes in this place and says, I'm doing something amazing over in Bethlehem. You, you need to go check it out. Yeah. And I think God does that all over the world. So when we approach Muslims, it's not showing up with my list of rules, you know, give up your rules for my rules. I want to know how has this been working for you? Are you like really close to God? Or are you hoping that just glad that it's over so you can go back to your normal life? Well, you remember uh, Henry Blackaby a lot of years ago had that book, uh, Experiencing God. Find out what God's doing and get in on it. That was a big part of what he said there. 
and join him there. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's our approach with Muslims. Let's let's find out what God's already doing there and point people to Jesus because he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he is indeed. Oh gosh. Well, I love hearing from like-minded friends who are in love with Jesus, see what he's doing as amazing and wanting to get in on that and join him and what he's doing and that's what you're doing, Martin. And as we get ready to close this episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray, tell people again how they can connect with you and uh, how they can find out what you're doing and maybe be a part of it. Yeah. You know, Peace Cows would like to grow. We're in 15 cities and three countries, some amazing stories from around the world. And, you know, if, if what we've said interests you, then maybe you should be a part of Peace Catalyst. And you can find out about us at peacecatalyst.org. That's our website. There are blog posts there. There's links to videos that our founder, uh, Rick Love, put up. You can learn more about us there. You can get our email addresses. Send me a note if you want to work with us, and we'll explore what that looks like. Great. So peacecatalyst.org. We can find out more about what you're doing, learn how to connect with you, and See if Peace Catalyst International is in your city. And if not, maybe you can be part of a group helping to start something there and continue this wonderful work. So, Martin, thanks so much for taking the time these two weeks to be on Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I look forward to following you and hearing more about the good things you guys are doing. Well, Paul, it's great. Thanks for the opportunity to share a little bit about Peace Catalyst and uh, the journey of uh, loving God and loving others. I appreciate your work. and. Uh, the opportunity to share. Thank you. And thanks all of you for watching and listening to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.